0: Not being an open heart surgery patient. Uh, but let's read a few verses here in James one. Uh, we're going to read a f- few verses down to uh, verse eight, and then we'll read a few near the end of the chapter. James chapter one, verse one through eight, we'll start there. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that she may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed for not let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the lord a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways then we'll skip down to verse 19 and i'll read through verse 26 wherefore my beloved brethren let every man be swift to hear slow to speak slow to wrath For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholding himself, and seeth his... For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. If any man among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion... Is vain let 's pray Lord, I thank you for your word, I ask you Lord that you will bless it tonight Lord, I pray that you 'll help me to speak what your spirit would desire for these this congregation to hear and Lord let them receive from your spirit in your name we pray amen as I was looking uh, over this this week and talk thinking about trials um, Jonathan, I, that's why I said I really appreciated your your song. We go through trials. And sometimes there are trials we ask for, and there's sometimes there's trials we don't ask for. Uh, we don't ask for the trials that come our way. And and James, as he's addressing his uh his his book here, he says to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. James is talking to some Jewish believers who had to flee Jerusalem and the Palestine area in order to get away from the persecution. So he's just not saying to all those people who are out there, he's talking about a specific problem. He's talking about a specific situation that they are going through. They're going through the situation of having to uproot themselves from their home and flee for their lives to flee for their lives. Now, you and I have never been in that situation. Uh, We haven't been there. We haven't had that level of trial that we had to flee for our lives because of our faith in Jesus Christ. And, And James is writing his letter to these believers to encourage them, to help them get through it. And he doesn't say, well, God's gonna get you out of it. He doesn't say that. He says, Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, different kinds of problems and trials. Different kinds of problems and trials, and we may not be in their their position, which it's something I can't relate to, and I haven't been in your position. I may not be able to relate to you, and you probably can't relate to me, but the reality is there are different kinds of trials that all of us go through, and God knows about every one of them. I may look at some young people from time to time in the school who are going through something in their life and I'm like, it's not really a big deal if you'll just, if you can just see it this way. Come on now. But they don't see it my way and that's why it's a trial for them. That's why it's a trial for them because they're not 52 years old and they haven't been through their teenage years and they don't understand and they can't see it from my perspective. It, it's a reality to them, it, but you know what? God understands. God knows your trial. He knows your situation and so we can count it all joy when you fall into divers temptation. Knowing this that the trying of your faith worketh patience, uh, you know these 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 trials that we go through, the difficulties the the persecutions that it may be persecution, it may be someone coming against you because of your faith it may be It may be an idea, a philosophy of the world that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ that is bearing in on my mind that causes me to feel like I'm going through a trial. It can come from all different... different it could be a physical situation, like what, what Dad's going through right now, like what Brother Jarvis is going through right now, uh, like like all of us have had in our lives, and, and, and Faye's going through it right now. And Leona, every time we pray, Derek, we don't mention Leona's name every time, but every time we pray, I, I, I go back that corner right there, and I try to hit everybody who's not here, whether we spoke their name or not, from from the prayer request line. We need to pray for each other going through those physical trials and those physical burdens. When we go through those trials, we don't ask for it, but this week as I was watching Dad go through this, I was like, he signed up for this. He signed up for this trial. I can't imagine, I cannot imagine. I've seen a few of these patients I saw Danny after he came out of surgery. It was, I was years ago. It was 30 years ago. And I was like, oh my goodness. The man is going to die today. <laughs> when I saw him. Merle went through it a few years ago. And I'm just like, oh my goodness. And, and my dad, he signed up for this. They said, go ahead, split me wide open. Mess around with my heart. Uh, go ahead and do that. Wire it back together. Put a bunch of tubes inside of me. And I know dad's listening because he got such a blessing this morning. I know he's listening. And I'm telling you all about it. He signed up for that trial. And the reason they did is because they knew that there was a benefit at the end of that trial. Danny's been around here for 30 more years. Praise God. Praise God. He signed up for it because there was a benefit in it. Merle signed up for it 10 or 12 years ago because he said, I want to live. I want to have some more capability. These heart attacks can't keep happening. I've got to get some relief from this because I got grandkids to see. I got stuff to do. I got places to go, people to meet. I got things to do. And so they signed up for that trial because of the benefit that came from it you know that's the way it is now they signed up for it and they're taking it gritting their teeth all the way through because there's something beneficial at the end of the trial and it's the same way even if it's a trial i have not signed up for If God has allowed it to come into my life, we can know without any doubt in our mind he works all things together for good to them who love God and are the called according to his purpose. He's going to use it to to conform us to the image of His dear Son. And we can know and we can stand assured that God is having His way in our lives. Even if it's a trial I didn't sign up for. If the enemy has come against me from a direction that I never expected it. If there are persecutions. If there are sicknesses. If there's an onslaught in my mind to get through something. If there's an anxiety anxiety, if there's a turmoil, if it's come upon me, I know God can use it for his glory and for my benefit. These trials, he said, count it all joy when you fall into driver's temptation. So I really can't, I can't uh, really relate to the persecuted Christians but I think when I look at these heart patients I can relate it I can say yes this is this is pain this is suffering This is something that doesn't feel good. It's gonna put me under for more days than I ever wanted to be under. It's gonna keep me down for weeks on end before I can finally get out of this place that I'm in and I can feel back to normal, but I'm willing to do it and I'm gonna persevere through it and I'm gonna count it all joy because I know God's gonna get me through and it'll be better on the other side. It'll be better on the other side. It says, let patients have her perfect work. Trials don't come and go very quickly. Now, they were talking in the last few weeks. Dad came in um, the other day and he said, well, the, the, uh, the, the heart surgery club had a meeting in the parking lot. I guess Danny and Merle cornered him for a minute and gave him some tips about what to do. These trials don't go away real quick. Danny said he went back to work. He was supposed to be off work for 10 weeks, and somehow he managed to get somebody to write him an excuse to get back to work before 10 weeks. <laughs> and he was back on the truck. And after he had been driving, I think somebody at, for who he was driving, so was, why are you back here? Why are you here? Well, I got a note. <laughs> I got a note that says I can drive, but 10 weeks of recovery. You know, there are trials sometimes that are gonna come our way, it may not be 10 weeks. It may be more than 10 weeks. It, it, may, it, 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 may, it, may, it may take more time than that. There may be a loss, there may be a, a, a difficulty, there may be a trial that comes our way that, that it takes us more than 10 weeks to get through. Uh, It may take more time than that, but this is, but let patience have a perfect work. There's a complete work that God can do in our trials. When you think about Job's experience, Job didn't ask for that. He got into that trial. He didn't ask for it. He didn't sign up for it. It came on him because the enemy was out to maneuver against him. And God had a measure of protection there. But God allowed that trial to move his way and to move into his life. And Job had no answers. He had no prospects at all as to how long that was going to be and how long that was going to go. And we really don't know how long it did go. We don't know how, it, how but all through that trial, he, he was he was persevering. He let patience have her perfect work and he came to that place to where that he was able to worship God and he was able to bless his no good friends because it says that he was he was given I'm not quoting it exactly right but he was given relief when he prayed for his friends he prayed for his friends. He was able to do that, and God was able to restore him. You know, Joseph, he, he, may have been a, he may have been a little arrogant to create a little rift with his brothers, but you know what? He didn't ask for what he got. He didn't ask for it, a 17, 18, 19-year-old boy. He didn't ask for that trial. He didn't ask to get sent away from his mom and dad, away from everything he knew and everything that he understood to live in a different culture with different gods and different rules as a slave under the control of somebody who probably wasn't very nice to him at all. He didn't, he didn't ask for that. But in the middle of it all, he just kept trusting God. How do we know he trusted God? He never said, I trusted God through it and God. No, we just see that as he made it along, that all of a sudden you see God blessing his life and bringing him through. And, and he, he was able to rise into Potiphar's house as a leader. He was still a slave, but he was able to have some freedom. But oh, again, another trial came his way. He didn't expect that one either. And he didn't ask for it and pushed him down one more time, but let patience have her perfect work but let patience have her perfect work. That started when he was about 17 years old and it just kept going till he was about 30 some years old. That's about a 10, over a 10 year period of time that he's in the middle of his trial, but let patience have her perfect work. I don't ever want to go through open heart surgery because I've seen what it is and I'm a big baby. I don't want to be a part of that. There's trials God's gonna, may bring. Lord, I can't make it if I can't make it, if you're not with me. I can't make it if you're not here. I can't make it if you're, but let patience have a perfect word. It says here, but let him ask in faith, nothing waver. We gotta keep your eyes right on the Lord. Ask in faith. My eyes are on you, Lord. My eyes are on you, Lord. My you know—mom has gone three times through this ordeal with with breast cancer, and she she always testifies in the night. I just gotta I gotta gotta quote the scriptures, and I got to keep praying. I got to keep my eyes on you, Lord. I got to keep my eyes on you, Lord. I got to keep my faith in you. Let let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. See, what happens is, I, I don't know, in in 12 years that Joseph was down there, in the years that, that Job was sick, how many times did he say, Lord, you got to get me out of this. Lord, you got to get me out of this. I, I, we don't see in scripture that prayer from Joseph, but I bet he did. I'm just believing he probably did. If unless he's a, he's probably a lot like me where I just say, Lord, I got to get out of this. I need your help. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. Don't get your eyes off where your help comes from because it says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. In the middle of the trial, if we don't keep our eyes on the Lord. Uh, Ken mentioned about Peter stepping out of that boat. He kept his eyes on the Lord. There was a trial. There was a storm. Jesus was with him. He was going to Jesus, but if he gets his eyes off of the, off of the master. If he's a un- double-minded man, is unstable in all his ways. And he began to sink, but he put his eyes back on the Lord. And the Lord raised him up out of that water. Uh, but he says, so if you're having trouble... If you're having trouble, he says, ask God for wisdom. In the middle of the trial, I don't just need to ask God to get me out of it because he he wants us to pray. I need to say, Lord, help me through this. What are you doing in my life in the middle of this? What are you trying to accomplish? What are you trying, you know, for for those open heart surgery patients, they want good blood flow to that heart. They want good blood flow to that heart so that it, so that, that heart can be strong and so that their body can be strong. And when we're in the middle of that trial, we're saying, Lord, I want some good flow of your presence and your Holy Spirit in my life that, that I can endure this trial that I'm going through and that I can make it through. Ask the Lord for wisdom. Lord, help me to see what you're doing. We don't always, dad Dad knows what's going on. He knows what the end result is. You and I don't always know what the end result is going to be except for we'll be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Lord, help it be done in my life through the trials that come my way that your you would be conformed. I would be conformed to you in my life I don't want any trials I want to avoid each and every one of them but Lord help me to have the wisdom to look to you in the midst of that trial and to turn to you I want to go on here into this second section that I mentioned and uh, that one verse this is what caught my attention this week Um, I, I didn't I didn't know the technical name um, for, uh, an open heart bypass surgery, but it is coronary artery bypass graph. It's a graph. And I, I was thinking about this scripture. It just dawned on me one day after dad had come out of surgery And uh, they were talking about what was done. I think the nurse or the doctor was there. And they talked about the graph. And I was like, I just read in James 1 about a graph. What verse was that? And I was able to go back. And it says, uh, verse 21, there it is. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. And receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. Now, I have to admit that uh, technically, I can't say that James and the believers who were, this was written to had any concept or idea about a heart graft. A graph in a heart. They're thinking about a plant, a tree, a branch, something that, that is going to take its life from something else. But, but as I began to, to think about uh, this, this graph that says, wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness... And receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your soul. You know, in our lives, and the the, the surrounding scriptures here have to do with, with obeying God. Uh, verse 19, swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Talk about having the, be, you know, the person who isn't swift to hear, the person who isn't slow to speak, the pers- person who isn't slow to wrath is probably arrogant and proud. So that's a problem. They probably have a malice. Their anger probably becomes the anger that sins. You know, it says over there in Ephesians, be angry and sin not. It's probably the anger that sins. So we've got some issues here. He says in verse 20, the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. And then he uses those words, filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. So now that's sounding really bad <laughs> when you read those words. Filthiness. So, you know, he's kind of stepping in there with them, being a little easy, but then he just comes out and says, it's filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. You've got some problems. You, you may, you, you're not a doer of the word. You're just a hearer. You're the kind of Christian that you're just, uh, you're just there for the show. You're not there to really let God change you. You're not there really to let God make a difference in your life. And so he's admonishing them that that if you're just there for the show, you need to get straightened out. And you need to lay lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. Now, I don't remember which one of those words. I didn't write it down. But one of those words actually talks about and has the idea of wax buildup. Kind of like a clogged artery. Kind of like a clogged artery. A buildup of wax or a buildup of fatty, fat in your arteries that has clogged things up. And, uh, you need to lay apart. Well, this, this coronary artery bypass graph is a way to get connected to the big aorta with all the good blood. And reconnect down below where all that superfluity and naughtiness is and reconnect back into the heart to where that it can get the flow that it needs and you can save the life of that person and give them more years to live. You, you, you connect it back and you save their life. It it's a life-saving surgery. It's a life-saving surgery to do that bypass. And so uh when as I was thinking about that and I heard that word graph, I in this verse, of course, where we were looking at it getting ready for Sunday school, I began to see it in a different light. And it, it talks about, and I've always had a little bit of trouble thinking about, about how James is is so much into being a doer and the work. The works that we do. I'll show you my faith by my works and, and all the things we need to do to, to show and that, and it is a part of us being a Christian. And then I began to, to look at this and it says, It says, receive with meekness the engrafted word. Well, that, the word there for word is logos. That's the same word talk that, that is refers to, to Christ himself. He in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And and it, it talks about him being the logos, the word uh, that was made flesh and dwelt among us and and i could see in this in this verse that the reality that goes on is that when in our life from time to time we find ourselves in that place where we're just not functioning as a christian like we should i'm just not functioning as a christian like i should like that heart patient their heart is just not functioning like it should it doesn't have the connection that it needs to you know there are some scriptures that uh that talk about when you have sin in your life you can look back at uh at at psalm fifty one where where um, where david he he repented of his sins and uh I had a preacher a year or so ago that I heard him preach and he, 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 he mentioned this. He said, if you go to Psalm 51, mark all the things that he asks God to do that only God can do for you, for him. And so, um, if I can get there, I'll read all those words really fast. And so I did that in my Bible. Mark all the words that only God can do. Only God can do this. Only God can have mercy. Only God can wash me. Only God can cleanse me. Only God can purge me. Only God can wash me. I'm down to verse 8. Only God can make me to hear joy and gladness. Only God can blot out all mine iniquities. Only God can create in me a clean heart. Only God can choose to not cast me away. Only God can restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Only God can uphold me with his free spirit. Only God, I'm in verse 14, only God can deliver me. Only God, in verse 15, can open my lips. Only God can do that for me. Those are the things I need done in my life if I'm going to be a properly functioning Christian. Only God can do that for me. Only God can do that for me. He's the only one that can put me in that place. Well, the same preacher told us to go over to Colossians chapter 3 and to look at that chapter and to say, mark the things that only I can do. Only I can do it, so I'll go over there with you real fast. Colossians chapter 3, seek those things which are above. That's on me. Set your affections on things above, verse 2. That's on me. Mortify, therefore, your members. That's me. Put off these things, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Verse 9, lie not. That's on me. That's on me. Put off the old man and his deeds. God's telling me to do that. He's telling me to do that. Uh, Put on therefore, it goes on, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind. Verse 13, forbearing one another. That's something I gotta do. I gotta put up with you guys. Forbearing one another, forgiving one another. I gotta do that. Put on charity, Verse 14. Verse 15, let, that's a good word. That's an important word. I gotta let. I have to let the peace of God rule in my heart. Verse 16, let, something else for me to do. I've gotta let the peace of God rule in my heart. Verse, or I read that one already. Verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Whatsoever ye do. Talking to me about stuff I need to do. Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Give thanks. That's my job, to give thanks. Submit yourselves, wives. (laughs) Love your wives, husbands. That's something for me to do. Obey your parents, children. That's something for me to do. Provoke not your children to wrath, fathers. Obey in all things your master's servants. Verse 23, whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. There's a lot, there's there's some things only God can do for me. But there's things I gotta do. And that's what James is talking about. And if I'm gonna do these things, I've got to have a clear connection to the blood of Jesus. I've got to have a clear connection to the Holy Spirit. The only thing that makes the heart keep pumping like it's supposed to keep pumping is when they make that connection from the aorta down to the sides of that heart and they start supplying that fresh blood from that aorta. You and I cannot do any of that stuff in Colossians chapter three unless God has, unless I've got my connection to my savior, unless I have his precious blood in my life. It's it's him that gives me the power to make that heart Pump and do those things. It's Him that gives me the power. When I'm connected to Him, I can seek those things that are above. When I'm connected to Him, I can mortify the deeds of the flesh. When I'm connected to Him, I can put off anger, wrath, malice. When I'm connected to Him, I don't lie. When I'm connected to Him, I put off the old man and his deeds. But I can't do it as long as I have superfluity of naughtiness clogged all up inside of my arteries. My heart heart can't pump for a heart of Jesus it can't pump as the heart of Jesus unless I'm connected to him i've got to be connected to him and i think that's what james is trying to say and we can see it in a different perspective here in the in the 20 20- first century as opposed to them. I've got to be engrafted. I've got to receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save my soul. When I let the word of God flow into my life, it gives me the energy, the strength, the power for my heart to beat and I can do what God has called me to do. Receive with meekness. You know, that meekness, that's kind of that where you have to step back and say, Lord, I signed up for this. I want you to change me. I want you to do this work in my life. I want you to make me more like you because I got all this stuff with, I got anger issues. I got filthiness issues. I got naughtiness issues. I, I'm, I'm, I need you to change me and to help me in my life. The graph The graph is done. We have that graph. We have a new we have a connection to a Savior. We have a connection to the blood of Jesus that changes us and gives us the power to do what He has called us to do. These Christians were going through trials and troubles. They needed the Lord his strength to see him through. They had issues being what God wanted them to be, but they had to get received with meekness that engrafted word, the life of of our Savior living through us, his life living in my life. He can change us. He can make us what he wants us to be. We can become that one that has pure religion and undefiled before God the Father. We can be that one. And I'm thankful for that. And I just want to say thank you all to, for Dad's being so mindful to pray for him. He was encouraged today, and I trust tonight he's been encouraged again. And uh, he really, his, his, his whole countenance changed as he sat through worship service this morning. You could see a difference in him. And uh, it, was, it was a blessing just to watch him as he received from the Lord, uh, as he listened to Ken sing and Brother Jarvis preach. And so uh, we're so thankful for what God's doing, and we know that he's going to continue to work there. And and I'm thankful for the lessons I can learn not being an open-heart patient and not being that. So hopefully, by God's grace, I'll never have to face that. But I want to always allow him to reconnect my heart to him. I need that that graph in my life of his word and his Holy Spirit changing me and making me what he wants me to be. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, for the things that you're doing in our lives. I thank you for seeing dad through this week. And Lord, I thank you for the way your word just opens up to us. God, the things that you can teach us in it, Lord, help me not to not to run away from the trial, but Lord, to trust you in it. Lord, help me to keep my connection with that flow of the precious blood of Jesus and the power of the Holy Ghost in my life so I can be what you want me to be. Lord, I pray for this congregation. If there's some going through a trial, I hope, Lord, that that as we gather into this altar, that there'll be a time when they can sense your presence. And Lord, they can ask for the wisdom they need as they go through it. And Lord, we can pray one for another and trust God to have his perfect will and that patience will have his perfect work. And Lord, we'll be conformed to your image. Lord, if there's some of us That we need to surrender something else to you and get connected back, Lord, to the flow of your Holy Spirit and the flow of your precious blood, Lord, as we can live our life pleasing to you and honoring to you. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. Let's come find us a place to pray tonight.